Hey, one more thing before you go. What do you do when your husband takes you on a crazy whirlwind trip to France for your 40th birthday and five days later he doesn't wake up? When you lose your home in a house fire, lose your dad to cancer, and go through multiple rounds of fertility treatments to have kids? Stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to talk to someone that can answer those questions and more. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. This is The Thing About Take the Damn Trip. In this episode, we share the journey of Bevan Ferrand. Bevan spent the past year or so adjusting to a new normal as a solo parent of two kids under four and running a successful business as the now solo breadwinner of her family. We're going to learn what it was like living without her best friend and the love of her life by her side, navigating what has become the new normal for her and her family. Bevan is the mother and a business strategist as well as a coach who supports small businesses and entrepreneurs in developing and executing strategies to take their revenue to the six and seven figure area. She's become the founder of Take the Damn Trip Movement. Welcome to the show, Bevan. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm thrilled to be here. I really appreciate your journey in this lifetime. You've it's been an amazing one. You're looking at you now. You're vibrant. You're glowing. You're uh, happy. You're smiling. And I know you had some tough times so in getting there. So can we start at the beginning? Sure. How far back? <laughs> so I grew up in Ohio and was here until I graduated high school. And my mom would say I was that type of girl who needed to experience everything herself. So after school, I actually went to four different colleges. <laughs> so I went down to Florida for a semester, then transferred to Chicago to DePaul, transferred back to Ohio State, then went overseas to study abroad. So I definitely... I took my own damn trip early. <laughs> I went our, all our very tolerant parents and then ended up in Chicago after college and was living in, in Chicago until 2010. And then I had a house fire there and lost my condo and decided to move back to Ohio to spend time with my family because I worked remotely. I had my own consulting business. So I could work from wherever. And that's actually where I met my husband. I never expected to end up back in Ohio, but I here I am. You know, that's, I've never been to Ohio. I've been to, I think I've been to probably about 38 of the states. And I don't think I've ever been to Ohio. I, I've got friends, that, no, not friends. Actually, I've got family that live in Ohio. Yeah, I love it. I, like I said, I never expected to live back in Ohio, but I will say that I'm so glad I do. And I'm so, because my mom and two of the three, two of my three sisters live here in Ohio. And my dad passed away when I was 24. And my other sister lives in Boston. But I will say, I don't think I could have navigated losing Mark the way that I did without having my family with me because they really stepped up. And my son was 10 months, my daughter was two and a half, and then we went right into COVID. So there was a period of time where my sister and my niece lived with me to just help. And so I think without having my family nearby, this would have been a, a different 
situation. You have a close-knit family? Mm-hmm. What was your family yeah. like? Oh, yeah, we're very close. I'm the youngest of four girls. We, we all are very different. So we have, and we all have very strong personalities. So we definitely have our disagreements. But one thing I think that my, my sister brought this up a few months ago. One thing our dad was always big on is, you know what, no matter what, you're still family. So we definitely are very strongly connected. Yeah, I have daughters. I have daughters are very special. So I, I respect your dad for saying that. It's and they in the beginning when in the beginning the oldest one always spoke for the youngest one. The youngest one didn't really say much until she was like four years old. Okay, Nikki, what do you want? And my oldest daughter would say, Oh, well, she wants this. So no, just let her talk for herself. And then they went through that fighting spat ages where yeah. they were at each other's throats. But now you can't break them apart. It's fascinating to watch my daughter is four and my son is two. And so my son is in that phase where he can start to communicate, but he doesn't have full communication. So he gets really frustrated. And so there will be nights where if he's not falling asleep, he'll be like, mama, downstairs, downstairs, buddy, it's time to go to bed. And then my daughter will be like, he just wants to go downstairs. I'm like, I know what he wants. He just can't have it. But she's always trying to help him communicate better. And even at such a young age, I find that really amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sisters, brothers, it's all, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. So you so you went to college. I know that you're a business strategist. Is that what you went to college for? No. I started out as a musical theater major in Florida. And when I transferred to DePaul, I was a production major in theater. And then when I left DePaul, I transferred to Ohio State and I got my degree in English with a focus in creative writing. So could oh. not be further from business. Four different four different times to go to four different yeah. colleges, but we'll call it a diverse education. Yeah, it was. Like I said, very tolerant parents. <laughs> interdisciplinary. We'll call it in I have a I actually have a degree in interdisciplinary studies, a master's degree in interdisciplinary studies with a focus on digital media and performance and art. So well, I understand. (laughs) I I understand. Couldn't make up my mind. So they went, pick this one. So now they give you the opportunity to mix them all together at one university. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have learned everything (laughs) I know about business by doing it, which has been great. I think one of the things that stands out about me is that I'm not scared to try something new. And that is part of like when we talk about take the damn trip, it's really a framework. I always say it's not just because I'm sweary. Damn actually means something. It's four different mindsets. And I am not afraid to try something new. I'm not afraid that it might not work out. I don't really consider it a failure, but it might not work out. I might have to adapt and adjust but it's not scary to me to jump in and try. Business strategy perspective, you became a coach as well in conjunction with, or did you have two separate businesses? One is a business strategist. How, how does that weave together? If we're talking, my career is varied. I always say I've had every job possible. I started when I got the entrepreneurial bug, I started as a yoga teacher and was like, this is how I'm going to make my millions as being a yoga teacher. Let's well, just bad math. <laughs> it's really hard to do that. And I got certified as a coach and I was trying 
training and coaching, like coaching and training real estate agents, a real estate company had hired me to be their internal trainer and coach. And then my house burned down. And, and two weeks before that real estate company got sold. So like basically what happened was my, I essentially got laid because they were my biggest client. Then 12 days later, my car got broken into. And then four days after that, my house burned down. And I said, okay, this, maybe this is a sign that it's time for me to take a break from Chicago. So I, that's when I came back to Ohio and spent time with my mom and my family and expanded what I was doing from a coaching perspective and also started working with some digital companies and digital education companies doing their marketing for their summits and their courses. And so again, it was, there was a little bit of, I don't know what I don't know. So I just dove in and figured it out. And so worked with a company doing their love and relationship summits called Evolving Wisdom, doing their Art of Love summits, then was recruited to a company to be their senior launch manager and project manager that did more personal finance and personal development courses. So I learned about digital courses, digital marketing launches by doing it. And then when, so after that company, I got laid off from that company. It was the second time I got laid off. And I was started working with a company doing e-commerce and digital education. And when I got laid off from that company was in May of 2019. That's when I decided I don't want to put my financial health in the hands of anyone else anymore. And so I launched my own business, taking everything I learned from these multi-million dollar companies and working with entrepreneurs and small businesses who wanted to take their business to six and seven figures. And so we would work on their strategy because a lot of times what I see, especially with small businesses and entrepreneurs, they don't have a strategy. They're flying by the seat of their pants which can only take you so far. That's a heck of a journey. Realistically, to be a coach, and when I say this with respect, sometimes life experience is better than book experience. But I do agree. Exactly. And it's you can empathize, you can understand because you've been there in, in different capacity and not just read it. I've interviewed a lot of coaches. That's the reason I say this. That some just said, I just went to school to be a coach. Okay, what brings you to that point? Well, I just thought yeah. I'd be a good coach. But you experienced everything that you talk about and what you bring forward, which is a good thing. It's a Thing. How'd you meet your husband? On eHarmony. <laughs> I had come back to Ohio and I didn't like everybody that I knew growing up was married or didn't live here anymore. And I was like, I just want to get out of the house because I and they were still rebuilding my condo in Chicago. It took three years to rebuild. So I was just wow. staying with my mom and I was like, I just need to get out of the house. Maybe I'll just meet, like, I don't know how long I'll be here. Maybe it'll just be a month or two, but just meet some people. I moved back here the end of June and I met Mark the end of August and I jokingly said that he paid the city of Chicago off to slow down until he was ready to propose. Actually. And then I never moved back to Chicago. <laughs> There's one thing I wanted to say though, Michael, about what you were talking about, how like the best coaches have life experience, because I think what it's taught me is that it doesn't really matter. Like I tell people a lot, like trauma doesn't have to stop you from being successful difficult situations don't have to stop you in your tracks. They can, you can let them, but they don't have to. And so I think what it's taught me is that it doesn't particularly matter to me what difficult situation someone has been through. Most people haven't lost a spouse, especially not at my age, but they've been through difficult situations. They've been through difficult breakups, divorces. They've lost a job. They've had children who are sick. They've been sick, whatever it is. And so those details 
are not critical to my true belief that you can still create a life that you love. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. It's, I can use my own journey as an example. And my listeners already know this, but and my viewers who are just tuning in maybe don't. I am a retired police sergeant. I was injured in line of duty. I was told by five doctors I would be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. And my wheelchair is sitting in the garage collecting dust. I had to reinvent my life from being a police officer because I spent a career at it. And most of my colleagues have gone on to be uh, captains, commanders, or captains, lieutenant, commanders, assistant chiefs, chiefs of police, and retired. Mine was stopped short. And I had to reinvent myself and step over that. It's been a it's been a very long journey. I've been through seven operations, one just recently. And with family and friends and colleagues, I've been able to pull through that and move forward. But you have a choice. You're everything you just said. You have a choice. You can make a choice to sit back and let those things stop you. You can have a choice to move yourself forward in a positive way and and, and to learn from what you have just experienced and use it as a stepping stone to make yourself better. I remember I I went back to my condo after it had burned down to pick some things up because my unit was not completely gutted. It was mostly smoke and water damage. But so I went in to pick some things up and the contractors were standing out front and I was with my mom and I said, I just have to run in and grab some things. I'll be right back out. And I came out and the contractor said, did you live here? Or do you live here? And I said, well, I used to. Nobody lives here right now. (laughs) And he said, how are you still standing? Like, how are you, like you said earlier, like happy and vibrant. And I was like, because we can't choose what happens to us. We can only choose how we respond to it. So I'm not a Susie Sunshine kind of girl. Like, I don't think everything happens for a reason. Nobody's going to convince me that my husband died for a reason, for at least not a good one. But I think like difficult situations are inevitable, but suffering is optional. And we suffer when we try to fight with reality. And I've seen that. So the part like the the damn framework is me looking at the difficult situations that I've been through and what are the mindsets that I use that are different than other people, not better, but different. And so that's decide and declare, attend your own party, meaningful moments, and now is the time. And when I looked at the difficult situations that I've been in, losing my dad to cancer, losing my home in a house fire, going through several rounds of IVF, losing Mark, I said, those are the, those mindsets are the ones that got me through with some grace and creativity. And so my newest damn trip is that When Mark passed away, we were about 60 days away from starting our third round of IVF to have our third child. And I decided that dream being stolen from me was not fair on top of losing Mark. And so I decided in 2020 to proceed with that as a solo parent. So I am, I think I'm 34 weeks pregnant. I'm due in like a month. (laughs) And so with the embryos that Mark and I had frozen, and there are some people who have said that I shouldn't have done that, that I, that it was basically a bad choice. And my, I had a lot of responses to that, but one of them was, it's not like I get to choose either. I can have my husband back or I can have this child. There is nothing I can do to bring Mark back. I wish there was, it was just father's day two days ago. And my daughter who's four, as I mentioned, 
when she, when I explained to her what father's day was, she looked at me and she said, can we bring daddy back now? And I was just like, I wish we could more than anything else, but I can't. And so it's, I would be fighting reality to try to think of ways that I could bring him back. That's where the suffering is, is in the fighting reality. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'm sorry that you guys have had to go through that. I really am. I understand it. I empathize with you in, in losing loved ones like that, especially une- unexpectedly. Let's talk about that journey. He surprised you, Mark surprised you on your 40th birthday with a trip to France. Yeah. So he told me on Mother's Day, he told me two weeks before I got laid off <laughs> for the third oh. time. So he told me that he was doing this because he wanted us to have enough time to plan. My son was still nursing. So I needed to have enough time to pump breast milk and keep it in the freezer. And we needed to plan who was going to be watching our kids. And then I got laid off and we were like, should we cancel this trip? But we decided to wait. I said, I'm going to start my business. We're going to test it and see if it works. And if I can make $5,000 by the end of August, then we're in a good proof of concept. So we made that money. I started growing my business. We decided to go. Had an amazing time. Just, it was an opportunity for us to reconnect who we were as a couple because we were a really good team. And even before we got married, even before we had kids, like we were in each other's corner. And so that was a great opportunity for us to step away from the stress of having two young children get some sleep, (laughs) eat some amazing food, drink some great wine. And like I said, really connect with who we were as a couple. And then we came back and it was the week of Thanksgiving. So Mark had taken the whole week off of work and we did stuff around the house. We we built the house that I live in. And so it was really our dream home. We wanted it to be our forever home. So we loved doing stuff around it. So we did stuff around the house. We took our daughter to her first movie theater show. We got ready for Thanksgiving We had Thanksgiving with our friends and our family. And then the day after Thanksgiving, Mark just did not wake up. And he had undiagnosed heart disease. One of his arteries was 95% blocked. The other was 50% blocked. He weighed the same as he did in high school. We had no indication that was happening. So So it was just really... Yeah. But his doctors, like he had no real, no symptoms. His doctors would say to him every time he came, I don't even know why you have to keep coming. All of his numbers were completely... Within normal ranges, his blood pressure, nothing really showed us that that was going on. There weren't any issues like, I forgot what they call it, but like when you take a long flight and you don't get up and move around and stuff like that, it creates... It was not caused by the flight. Nothing like that. No. Because I'll tell you, honestly, that was one of my big fears when we were waiting for the autopsy report was, oh my gosh, what if the flight is what killed him? And then I will feel so awful that we took this trip, but that really was not the case. He just, it, the, what the coroner told me, it was just a matter of time. Can I ask you how old he was? 40. 40 years old, 40. Yeah. You wouldn't expect a 40 year old to, for that to happen. No, cause he, he was, uh, uh, he, I'm not a doctor. So I will tell you right. from my standpoint, like he had been having some headaches and he had asked his doctor about it. He'd been getting dizzy. He thought they were migraines. And he asked his doctor about it. He said, like, oh, I think you're just drinking too much caffeine. He said, that's weird, Mark, because you've drank the same amount of caffeine your whole life or since you started drinking it. But you don't go to the doctor with a headache and ask about a brain tumor. You don't go, you don't hear hoofbeats and look for zebras. So they did the tests that make sense for a 40-year-old, which is your blood pressure is fine. You're all this. There's no reason. There was no reason that told the doctors 
we should look further into this. It's, he was 40. We had a 10 month old, a two and a half year old. He was tired. So that's what they, that's where they stopped. It's, I went through all sorts of frustration and what ifs, and there just really was no indicator we could have looked for or that we could have seen. And realistically, being a male individual, I, I was told not to see a cardiologist until I was 60 years old unless I had issues. If there was yeah. something that come up that would indicate that I was having heart problems or palpitations or, uh, you know, feelings in your arms that were not normal right. and things like that. 40-year-olds, yeah. you really don't expect that. So that was absolutely unexpected. Yeah. So how, did that, how did that affect you guys? You, I'm going to say you guys, you and your children. Obviously, it was everything was flipped upside down because Mark and I were together let's see, we met in 2011. So eight and a half years. And I said at his funeral, I said, we were probably apart like 45 days total out of that time because we traveled together. If I was traveling for work, he would take vacation and come with me. So it was a complete flipped upside down because he really was my best friend and my biggest cheerleader. He was the one who cheered on my ideas. If I wanted to start a business, I mean, he would go to networking events and network for me. So he what because he was an introvert. So that was not in his like in natural instincts. And like I said, I had a two young children and what I decided for myself, when we talk about this damn framework was my priorities were my children, myself and keeping our home because Mark and I had built this home and I truly see him in everything. I see him in the tiles we picked out and the doorknobs and the way we would compromise and and come to decisions together. And I needed to support my children. I needed to take care of my own health and mental health. And I needed to keep our home, which meant I also had to run my business. And so it, my focus stayed on the, I want to run a business that allows me to both support and inspire my children. And So I continued to run my business in a way that I can still be there for my children. So I leave my desk every day during the school year at three o'clock and I go pick my daughter up from school. So from three to four, I'm unavailable. So it's not that I'm working 80 hours a week. I'm still designing and deciding what my life looks like, but I was able to take my business to multiple six figures in 2020, even while grieving the loss of my husband, even during a global pandemic, and especially while being the mom I wanted to be for my kids. So that was really important to me. And and in that, I started talking about how I was so glad that Mark and I had taken this trip together and we had gone on this adventure. And that since we never know what's going to happen, I posted this on Facebook. I was like, we never know what's going to happen. So when you're faced with a choice, take the damn trip. And that was really the beginning of this movement because people resonated with that so strongly. And that's when I looked back and said, what is it about the mindsets that I use that's different? And I came up with the damn framework and it became what it is now, which is there's, we have a Facebook community where it's really supporting people. It's not about taking vacations. It's supporting people in connecting with the ones we love the most doing that crazy thing that's in our heart and really knowing that now is the time that we just need to take the damn trip. We just need to do the damn thing. Yeah. And that love the name. 
I, I have to say that part. <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, if you've heard something with the word damn in it, it's probably mine. <laughs> Can you go, please go get the damn book over there? I tell people, I'm like, now I'm having the damn baby, right? Like I the went through baby. the same <laughs> mindsets to say, okay, I'm going to decide to go. You don't accidentally get pregnant through IVF. There's Correct. a lot of doctor's appointments, <laughs> a lot of shots, a lot of coordination. So I decided and declared that was going to be my top priority. I stayed present in the moment. I chose meeting and I said, now is the time. There's never going to be a day when this isn't a totally crazy idea. So I'm going to do it now when I'm 41. So my body is not five years. My body's five years older. My kids are four and two. So there's not going to be a huge age gap. So I'm like, now feels like the right time. And if I don't do this... I know that it will be the thing I regret, and I don't want that. Well, I think it's a positive thing. You are carrying on. You are carrying on Mark's legacy even further. Yeah. In this regard, in my opinion, it's a situation that although you lost one, you're able to bring something back into that from that. Yeah. Lost, I think I may be looking at it the wrong way, but I think that's what it sounds like to me. I mean, I, if I was Mark looking down, I would, I'd be happy about that. Yeah. I'm not, I like to draw the distinction because I'm not trying to replace Mark because well, first of all, it's a girl, <laughs> but second, like, I don't think a child can replace a husband. I don't think I should even try that. I just, I'm not trying to, but I am, I do love that it's going to be another piece of Mark brought into life. And that this was something he and I talked about a lot. He knew I wanted a big family. He knew I wanted three kids. We had, we were on that path and it wasn't just that I want another child. I wanted Mark's child. And since I had that ability, which a lot of people wouldn't have had, I felt strongly about doing it. I applaud you for that. I think it's a very positive thing to move forward like that. Um, Thank you. So let's talk about, if you don't mind, a little bit of the principles behind the damn framework. (laughs) Absolutely. So like I said, it's four, four different mindsets. So decide and declare is the first one. And that is that we have to decide for ourselves what we want to bring to life. And so the questions I'll ask people if they're like, they're not sure what they want that to be, happen to spell the word trip. And that's partially because I like things to be easy to remember so that when I'm on interviews like this, I don't have to think about it. But it's, is it your top priority or are you willing to make it your top priority? Which means you're going to have to say no to some things. You're going to have to say no to binge watching on the weekends or no to you know just things that aren't um, supporting that top priority. Then the second question is, are you willing to resource it? So not just money, but are you willing to put your time, your energy, your attention, maybe some money behind it? The I, is it inspiring? Is it something that you're moving towards that you are excited about? Because when it gets hard, and there are going to be days that it gets hard, you want that inspiration to carry you through. And then the P, is it personal? Is it your dream? Because too often we spend a lot of time in our lives going after a dream that somebody else has imposed on us or somebody else. It's really their dream, whether it's our parents or friends or whatever. So 
is it your top priority? Will you resource it? Is it inspiring? And is it personal? So we decide that and then we declare it and we can start declaring it in very small ways with just when I first decided to get pregnant this time, I just told a few people and I said, I just need you to be my cheerleaders. And then as I progressed and I got more momentum, then I was able to expand that circle out, but there's real power in declaring what you want. One of my former teachers, Mandy Evans, talked to, she told me that the U.S. declared their independence with the Declaration of Independence seven years before they got it. But they declared it first and then you live into it. So the decide and declare is the very first piece of the damn framework. That's interesting. How ironic. Seven years before that. I didn't know that. You know, some, I should have known that because you, you're taught history, but they don't teach those little tidbits. So we just exposed a little tidbit and shared that with the listeners and the viewers that is unique. Yeah. So, so in, in implementing, is it difficult to implement this movement, the damn, take the damn trip, the damn principle? <laughs> the damn framework. No, it's really not. So... I like, I teach it and then it's not linear. It's not like you go from D to A to M to N. So what I've noticed is there are days where I have to focus on the D, which is okay. What did I decide I was going to do? But then there are days where I focus on the N. So I'll tell you the other letter. So the A is attend your own party. And the principles behind the attend your own party are really twofold. One is we are all creating our own experience of life through our thoughts. And it's just a filter that we see things through. And so everybody has their own filter that they bring to an experience. And so when we realize that we are creating our experience through our thoughts, we understand that we could change that experience in an instant. So I can, there are times where I'll get really frustrated about something. And then I have to step back. Even when I talked about when I announced that I was pregnant and there were some people who were not supportive and first of all, in the decide and declare, I say like, we don't need people's permission to follow our dreams, but we can ask for their support. So when I announced it, I told people, if you don't feel like you can support this, that's okay. I don't need everybody's support because it's not going to change my decision. But there were times when I would get really hurt and upset about the lack of support from some people. But when I shifted my way of thinking around it. And I said, they're coming from a place where they want to keep me safe. And it scares them that I'm going to be a solo parent as an entrepreneur. Then I have a bit more compassion for them. And that's solely me changing the way I think about something. So that's part of it. And the other is we make our strongest decisions when we're present in the moment and that's the attend your own party. That's really experiencing the moment that we're in. And when we're stuck up in our thoughts, we can't be in the present moment. So when we feel grounded in our body, then we can make stronger decisions. We can really respond to what's happening around us. So that's the A, the attend your own party. And then the M is meaningful moments. And that's the part where we all want to be a part of something that has significance, that has meaning. And we also want to have meaningful moments with the people that we love the most. My, one of my uh, mentors, Dana Malstaff, who 
started the boss moms group and boss moms movement. When we were talking about me getting pregnant the third time. I'm like, it's just going to be running a business and having three kids. I just hope I can be there enough. And she said, do you want to be there for the minutes or the moments? I was like, Oh, the moments. That's why I leave my desk every day to go pick my daughter up from preschool because she loves it. And she runs out of the door. Mommy, you're here. So it's a meaningful moment to me, but I don't necessarily need to drop her off every day. So we choose the things that have the real meaning in our lives. You know, it's interesting because what you have, Lisa, what you've just shown me, I think our audience as well, and I agree with, is the importance um, of taking the time with the ones that you love and the importance of taking the time with yourself and, and to learn how to make that decision to move forward because the only person that can really make the decision or the choice is yourself. You can't rely on other people to make it for you. And you really shouldn't. You, you should be able to make that choice yourself and make that decision yourself, decide for yourself. And, and well, again, and I think, I think that staying present and the choosing meaning, I saw that a lot when my dad passed away because I went home to, he had cancer, he had lung cancer, it had metastasized. And I went home without, I, we had no idea he was going to pass away this week, but I went home to just visit him. And as I was at the hospital, I, he was taking a nap and I wrote him a letter and it was, it was just, uh, these are the things I'm thinking about some of the best moments I remember. And I was going to mail it to him, but I decided to give it to him. So I gave it to him and I said, dad, I just want you to have this. I love you. I'll call you when I get back to Chicago. And I called him and he said, Bevan, thank you for this letter so much to me. I love you very much. And that's the last time I talked to him because he passed away. I think two days later, the next day or two days later. Mm. And so that showed me the power of staying present, sharing what is important to me, telling people I love them, telling people what has impacted me. And so I think when we choose that meaning, because people will ask me, how do I choose between a work event and something for my kids? I can't be in two places at once. And I say, no, you can't be. But you can choose, if you're literally choosing between two events, you choose which one is not repeatable, like first day of preschool. But I understand that we can't always choose the not work event, the not business event. But if we decide that when I'm at work, I'm 100% at work. And when I'm with my family, I'm 100% with my family. Because I know when I'm with my family, I'm giving them my full attention. I don't feel guilty when I'm giving my full attention to work. It's when we try to split focus all the time. When we go to the zoo and we're on our phones working, you're not really with your family then. Oh, exactly. And you pointed something out very unique. I, I want to I touch on what you just said there too. The whole principle of one more thing before you go, I, I developed it years and years ago for that particular reason. You, you giving your father the letter prior to him passing allowed you to say the things that you wanted to say to him that yeah. most people don't get the opportunity to do. And because life can change in an instant, just like it did with your husband. You, mm -hmm. It can change that fast, and it's important to take the moment. It's important to take the time and to value those around you and to make sure that you keep them in your life in a very open and honest way. Say what you want to say. 
do what you need to do, what you want to do. And I appreciate what you said about don't split your time. Be 100% of work. Always keeping in mind that you have emergencies and family and so forth. But 100% of work, 100% with your family because you never know what's going to happen. And it can, your life can change in a moment. So that it's a very, it's a very positive. And I'm not perfect at it. There are definitely times where I'm distracted when I'm with my kids or whatever, but I know that every night when my kids are going to bed, we read stories, we snuggle up in the chair in their room, we sing songs and they go to bed. And that's my favorite time of the day is snuggling up with them and singing those songs. So it is something, it is, it's one of my barometers for clients and projects that I will take on is that 95% of the time I put my kids to bed. There are days where I go to book club with my girlfriends or I am out or for whatever reason, I'm not putting them to bed. But if there's a client that is requesting that I I'm away from my children for significant amounts of time or I miss bedtime. There was a client I had and I knew it was, I knew it was time to end the contract. And the final nail in that coffin was that he wanted me to moderate some webinars on in the evenings for five weeks, which meant that for five weeks, I was not going to put my kids to bed on that night. And I said, that's one of my barometers. If I feel like it's not a good reason to be away from my children, then it's not a good fit for me as a business owner. I I think you did a good thing. <laughs> but I mean, that's part of like us deciding, right? Deciding and declaring what we want our life to be like. And then that's what we uh, judge things against. Is this in support of that? Well, I agree with that. And I think society today, and by no means I'm not being critical, I'm just making a statement that society has been built upon these parameters. You go to work every day. This is what you do. You come home. This is what you do. Go to work the next day. This is what you do. Come home. This is what you do. Society had predispositioned that for so long that even yeah. 2020 uh, opened up the eyes to many. COVID opened up the eyes to many yeah. about what the, they keep going, well, we're going to get back to normal, get back to normal. What's not to say that whole year provided you the opportunity to reset a new normal? To be yeah. able to spend time with your family, spend time with yeah. your loved ones, to, to reach out and hug somebody, hug your family, hug your father, hug your mother, hug your kids. Take the time that you weren't doing before because you were running at such a fast pace and trying yeah. to keep up with society and what was expected of you from that point to slow down in the old cliche, smell the roses. Look what's around you. Take in what's around you, appreciate what's around you. And my wife and I had that opportunity over the last year, almost year and a half now, because she got to work from home. Our mm-hmm. kids had a different, we had opportunity to spend time with our kids too, because COVID affected them negatively in their employment. My mm-hmm. youngest daughter lost two jobs because of it. And she was laid off from both of them. And we had to move her twice, actually. She had to move twice in order to back to employment. My my oldest daughter and her husband, they're in the entertainment industry because that completely got blown out of the water last year. Yeah. So life changed. But it allowed us to spend more time together. It allowed my wife and I to spend more time together. And she, you know, she thought, I've been working for, she works for the state. I've been working and I go, because she's the main breadwinner because of my disability and my mm-hmm. my experience. She goes, my hour, hour and 20 minute 
fight to go to work every day in the hour and 20 minute fight to come home. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. I liked getting up in the morning and going out on the back patio with a cup of tea and listening to the birds and watching the humming on the trees and the branches. And we loved it. And the dog got used to it. <laughs> Commute, get out of bed, go outside, go to the patio, go right into the office to, to go to yeah. work, which is great. So your new normal can be adapted. Your yeah. new normal can be changed. It, 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 and that's what you present in this program, I think. Yeah. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's yeah. what you present in this program. You can reset yourself and say, yeah. this is your new normal. Make it happen. I think we ought to at least question the societal norm, the status quo. So Mark worked for Honda, which is a corporation, a big corporation with a lot of, it's a Japanese corporation. So it's a lot of like regimented paths and rules. And I remember we, it was the night before my daughter started preschool and he wasn't going to be able to go. And I said, that's fine. I'll take pictures, making chocolate chip pancakes. No, like I wasn't upset with him for not going. And he came back into the room 45 minutes later and he said, you know what? Somebody's going to be unhappy if no matter what I choose tomorrow, I can't be in two places at once. So I'm going to choose to make my wife and my daughter happy because they're the most important people in my life. And so he just called his manager and said, can I come in 90 minutes late? He just asked if, if they had said, no, we absolutely need you here. Then he still would have had a decision to make, but they didn't. They were like, yeah, absolutely. Just come in 90 minutes late. It's no big deal. So I think we need to at least ask because we should challenge these norms and the status quo. We spend way too much time thinking that we're victims of our circumstances when we haven't even challenged them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I respect him for that. He did the right thing, in my opinion. I, when I got a job as the investigator for the police department, and uh, I was called out all the time. I was called out of my kids' plays. Yeah. I was videotaping my plays up in a balcony, and a hidden balcony, and we had to stop the performance so they could put a ladder so I could come down so I could go investigate a robbery. And yeah. uh, shortly thereafter, I came in and said, I don't want to do this anymore. You can try us from yeah. here. Because I felt that was something that, that my kids didn't have to experience all the time because of that. Right. So... I respect him. He did a very positive thing. And that's part of it, of just saying, what's our yes? What is the thing we want more than anything? And for me, it's sharing this take the damn trip, this damn framework, and doing it in a way that supports and inspires my kids. So if I run into that, if I run into something where it's taking away from that, like you were saying, you were, you it sounds like you wanted to have a fulfilling career and a fulfilling family life. And when those are at odds, we just have to choose which is the more important yes, and then continue to build our life around that. And that, I think that comes to you, you're passionate about sharing a message. And I know that we've probably talked about it quite a bit, but can you define that message that you want to share with the world? It really does come down to, like I said, that whenever we're faced with a choice, we need to connect with the people that we love the most do the crazy thing that's in our heart and take the damn trip. And so the end part, we've, we've talked about the D, the A, the M, the N is now is the time. And that is truly 
we are not promised tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen. And I recently posted this and it felt so true to me, but we don't know what's going to happen at any moment to ourselves, to the people that we love. And that's not a reason to live scared, but it is a reason to live fully. And so we need to get into action on the things that mean the most to us. And that can even be micro actions, just tiny steps towards whatever it is, whether that is starting a business, writing a book, getting healthier, having a family, meeting somebody, whatever that is, taking the micro actions towards it so you can start building up momentum and take yourself further. Because if you don't get into action, you will never get there. It doesn't happen by accident. What inspires you? It truly inspires me when I hear people who have done this, who have taken their own damn trip, who have defined it and who have brought it into action, who have broken the victim mentality that so many people live in, that think life is happening to them instead of us being able to create it. I'm also super inspired by my children. And that probably sounds a little bit cliche, but I am (laughs) blown away by both of them. In particular, my daughter, who's four, has this level of wisdom and empathy that I am just astounded by. And she's such a teacher for me because I have taught her a lot of these things where we talk about there's no bad emotions. So when she's sad, I say, it's okay to be sad. And we stay present with that. And then she turns them around on me and uses them back to me. And I'm like, I can't be, she's, she was upset a few weeks ago. She really wanted this bottle of water. We were getting ice cream and I bought one bottle of water and she wanted her own. And so she was getting really upset. She's like, I just want a bottle of water. And I'm saying, no, you can share. She's like, but I want this. And I was like, she is clearly stating to me exactly what she wants. It's $1.25. I'm trying to fight this and resist it when honestly, she's clearly stated it. She's expressed her emotions. I just went and got her the bottle of water because I'm like, I taught her how to do all this and I can't get mad at her when she does it. So I learn a lot and I'm so inspired by them. And I can't wait. My daughter is so excited to be a big sister to a little sister. She has told me, Mama, you take care of Jonathan. I'll take care of the baby sister. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay. That's very so. cool, very cool. Oh, come in with open arms. That always works. Um, <laughs> let's talk about how somebody can get in touch with you and how they can find more about the dam movement. Sure. So you can go to takethedamtrip.com and it really is the hub to find everything else. From there, you can join the Take the Damn Trip community, which is on Facebook, but you can join straight from the website. We also have the t-shirts that we sold. There are some other courses that I've taught around. There's also a meditation that you can get on there. You can either go from that website or you can go to justonedamnminute.com. And that's a great meditation to get you grounded back in your body. You can do it literally anywhere. You can do it in a minute. And it just helps you get back in your body so that you are making the strongest decisions possible. If you also, I have a free training coming up and you can go to do the damn thing.com forward slash masterclass. And it talks about the four mistakes that we all make that stop us from bringing our big, bold, crazy dream to life. So that's at do the damn thing.com forward slash masterclass. 
And then you can find me on Facebook. It's actually Bevan Lynch, which is my maiden name. I'm both under Bevan Farrand and Bevan Lynch on Facebook or on Instagram at Take the Damn Trip. Just do the damn thing. <laughs> this is one more thing before you go. So before we go, do you have any words of wisdom you'd like to share? People ask me this and I feel like I, I shared it all in the interview. But I think, like I said a few minutes ago, even though we don't know what's going to happen, there's no reason to live scared, but there's every reason to live fully. Outstanding. That's the way it should be. Evan, thank you very much. I really appreciate you sharing your journey and your damn practice movement. I, I really like that. I get to say it again. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. I love what you are sharing with your community, and I'm honored to be a part of it. Thank you very much. I will have all of Evan's notes, his her contact information, as well as how to get involved with the damn movement and uh, the webinar in the show notes. And you can, again, visit us at any Apple, Spotify platform or any of the other podcast platforms that are out there, as well as YouTube. So thank you for joining me on One More Thing Before You Go. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at BeforeYouGoPodcast.com. That's BeforeYouGoPodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. And thanks for listening. One more thing before you go, a unique conversation about life podcast.